Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Greetings, fellow seekers of the unknown. It's Brian, and I'm here today to share something truly extraordinary with all of you. As you know, my journey to uncover the truth of all things strange has taken me on a wild ride filled with incredible experiences and encounters with the unseen. And today, I want to share that journey with all of you by introducing you to Hangar One Publishing. Hangar One Publishing is the premier destination for books on all things strange and mysterious. From Bigfoot to cryptids, UFOs, and the paranormal, they cover it all. And let me tell you, the books in their catalog are simply amazing. One book that I'm particularly excited about is The Freeman Bigfoot Files by Michael Paul Freeman. This is no ordinary book, my friends. This is an immersive experience unlike any other. With Hangar One's proprietary immersive book technology, you can see and hear audio and video in the printed books. You'll get exclusive access to the highest resolution full-color premium print pages, over 100 full-color photos, and dozens of exclusive audio and video clips that have never been revealed until now. It's a one-of-a-kind experience that will take you deep into the world of Bigfoot. Another book that I simply can't recommend enough is The Bigfoot Influencers by Tim Halloran. This book features candid, compelling conversations with the biggest names in the Bigfoot community, and it will give you a behind-the-scenes look at what they really think about this mysterious creature. You'll hear from researchers, scientists, and investigators and get a glimpse into the inner workings of the Bigfoot world. And finally, for all of my fellow British Bigfoot enthusiasts, I want to mention Beast of Britain by Andy McGrath. This book is a must-read for anyone interested in the cryptids of the British Isles. McGrath has spent over 25 years researching and obsessing about these unknown creatures, and in this book, he shares his findings and current research. It's a journey into the darkness, where nobody ventures into the woods anymore, and where the many yet-to-be-discovered Beasts of Britain lie. So, if you're ready to take your journey into the unknown to the next level, then you need to check out Hangar One Publishing. These books are more than just books. They're gateways into a world of mystery and discovery. And the best part? You can find their entire book catalog at HangarOnePublishing.com. So, what are you waiting for? Visit HangarOnePublishing.com today and let the journey begin. I want what are you reporting? Uh, I got a strange going on out here. Something just killed my dog. Something killed your dog? My dog went flying through the air over the tree. I don't know how it did it. Okay. Damn it, I'm really confused. All I saw was my dog coming over the fence, and he was dead when she hit the ground. I didn't see any cars. All I saw was my dog coming over the fence. What 
be reporting. Uh, we got someone or something crawling around out here. Was it was standing up. I'm out here looking through the window now and I don't see anything. I don't want to go outside. Jesus Christ, you better Sure. See ya. Hello. Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh-oh. Hey everyone, it's Brian. No, you didn't click the wrong podcast. This is the Sasquatch Odyssey. But I'm not here this week. I just dropped in to tell you guys that I am actually on vacation, and Wayne is going to be taking care of you over the next few episodes. Have no fear. He's put together some amazing guests and some amazing encounter stories. I know you guys are going to enjoy them just as much as I have. I will be back with a brand new episode for you guys on Wednesday, May 17th. But until then, as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Miss Naoma Finn, Mr. Cameron Buckner, how you guys doing? Hey. Doing good. Thanks. Okay, hey, now I want to interview Lisa. I want to hear all about this film. I want to hear all about this film you're working on. Are you a film I'm producer? I'm a producer. Yeah, I'm a producer. And uh, this film is going to be released uh, in June. And that's all I can say about it. Like, right now the whole red carpet and all that stuff and we have a soundtrack to this film that is unreal and once we release that i hope i can like play a song on here one night it this soundtrack is off the chart i mean it's amazing it's um it's family friendly very family friendly a little on the spiritual side i just i just think it's it's one of the best and most proudest things i've worked on Awesome. Yeah, uh, Cam, Lisa has worked on some stuff that you've probably heard of. She worked on Nashville, the show. Are you familiar with it? No. True Detective. <laughs> True Detective. Oh, yeah. True Detective on HBO? Yes. Woody Harrelson and No, season three. Season three. So okay. not that okay. one. Season three. That's awesome. Wow. I, kn- I know someone famous. That's awesome. No, no. and <laughs> Snapped and Fatal Attraction and... Maybe we we need to get things. Lisa set up with Mr. Steve Lilly to see if we can't get get something up <laughs> with that. Hey, Bob, I don't mean to be hogging up the show, but Go this, ahead, these things just pop in my head and pop uh, away. Someone, I'm not going to the Gatlinburg Bigfoot Conference, namely because it's so expensive to go and to stay. And but I think I'm going to this Aniston, Alabama thing. I don't know if you guys know about that. I think it's called the Alabama Bigfoot Conference. And uh, I was talking to one of the uh, organizers today, and I'm, uh, I kind of hate to say this if it doesn't work out, but uh, I might be telling a Steve Lilly story live on stage when we go. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I'm going to write a brand new story and just tell it. I'm, I may have to read it because I'm not a very good storyteller, but it's the, the story's going to come across. So anyway, I think it's June the 10th, but you know, don't don't anyone write this down. I'll announce it on my podcast in the next week or so if if that's going to happen. And uh, I'll shoot you an email, Wayne, and let you know so you can let people know. But absolutely, Neoma, you're going to be there, aren't you? Is that the one that's being organized by uh, uh, Lenita, her friend? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's June 9th and 10th. I and I intend to be there. Yeah. Participating at all, Naoma, or what are you doing? I'm gonna have a booth there and I'm hoping that Cam will hang out at my booth with me. <laughs> well, I'm looking for someone to hang out with there because I'm not gonna have a booth, but uh yeah, I'll 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 sit with yeah. you. I'm used to sitting with you at I know I usually come and sit with you in Gatlinburg. So now, now we can reverse the roles. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, except for you to still be the one with the line people wanting to take their picture with you. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I hate that you guys aren't going to the Gatlinburg when Brian and I are actually sitting up I'm there. I'm going to try to go to that too. Paranormal yeah, World Productions. We're going to have a table there. Oh, that would be cool. But Gatlinburg, the thing about Gatlinburg is. Cheap in Gatlinburg is expensive everywhere else on the planet. Yeah. And they they draw a pretty good crowd, and it's a really fun one to go to. But, you know, it's just not. I Because of who's going to be there this year, and I can't remember who it was. Oh, um, Matt Moneymaker's going to be there. And Cam allowed me to be a part of an interview he did with Matt. And I thought it would be fun to meet him in person. And I was all excited. I was like, I'm going to go. But. As it was happening, like my computer shut down, um, I couldn't get my the it, my to to do it. I couldn't convert it to my credit card instead of my debit card, and and I was just like taking them all from as signs from God to tell me you're not going. So that's why I'm not going. And then when I found out that Cam wasn't going, I was like, well, I'm really glad I'm not going because he's kind of my hangout buddy when I go there. <laughs> and last year I was in so much pain after that long drive that. Um, I wound up only staying half the day, so yeah, you were hurt. Oh my god, I'm sorry to get us started on that. This is your show. My apologies, Cam. I tell all of my guests when they come on before you know we go live that you know, once the pleasantries are done, the show is theirs. We take it whatever direction they want to go. So, you want to free talk for about, all, you want to talk about the weather, man? We'll, we'll talk about the weather. I want to talk to Lisa about, about <laughs> what she does. We'll talk later. <laughs> I want, hear about, I want to hear about. I want to hear about what you're doing, and Neoma, I want to hear about what you're doing. Okay. And I know everybody else that logged on here wants to know about what y'all are doing. Well, let's uh, let's let ladies go first. <laughs> Naoma, I listened to uh, Hunted last night, and I loved it. Uh, I, I started it, and it's very rare for me. Very rare for me having a two year old daughter to have the time to start something and finish it. But she let me last night, and <laughs> I couldn't stop. It was so, so well written. And Cam, you've got that voice, man, that everyone knows your voice. You do such an amazing job reading this stuff. But And you hinted a little bit that there might be a sequel. Tell us a little bit about Hunted and, and what's coming up in the future. So when I originally spoke with Cam about Hunted, he, you know, he says, well, why don't you just write a short story? Don't worry about, you know, just sit down and write it. And don't worry about things like syntax and, and grammar and just send it to me. So I literally did that. I sat down and over. I think it only took me, well, it probably took a whole week to do it, but I didn't work on it solid. Like I worked on it for a couple hours one day and then a few hours. So probably a total of maybe three or four days to put the whole thing together. And I sent it to him. And I didn't go back and look for holes in the story. I didn't. Um, I mean, there's a couple of things that questions I really should have answered at the end of the story. And I thought, well, if it does, OK, maybe I'll write a sequel. 
And I was surprised that it did so well. I mean, you know, not that I I would expect anything on Cam's channel to do well, but I was surprised that people were willing to tune in and listen to this silly little short story I'd written. So I, we were talking and I was like, well, you know, Cam, <laughs> I do have the idea for a sequel. And he's like, yeah, go ahead, send it to me. So I did. And it basically, it, it, in the original, she talks about the only two times she came back were for her father's funeral and then her mother's and, or her mother's funeral and then her father's. And it's the sequel is what happened when she came back. So, and it's, it's longer than the original. I think That's a manuscript right here on my <laughs> desktop. It's, I think the original was not quite 12,000 words. And I think that this one, the sequel is about 17,900. So. Now, Naomi, you said you wrote that in how long did it take? Just a few days? Well, I mean, it, I wrote it over the period of a week, but just for a couple hours a day. So probably three straight eight-hour days would is what it took to write it. Wow. I'll say this before she gets the big head. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think she shaped that story off of another story because the first manuscript I got <laughs> for the podcast that's up with that story. I actually recorded it. It was about what I say, six thousand words. Um, it was a lot of words. I recorded this whole story and I did it cold. I can do her stuff cold because she edits for me and she cleans up all the stories that I did. <laughs> Virtually ninety nine percent of the stories you hear on my channel, unless they're audio books or somebody else's fiction. Yeah. Uh, Neoma cleans them up. And so I never have to, I never, I just open them up, start reading because it's like, she's, she's become accustomed to the way I speak. And so she edits them that way. And so I can just almost read them. I have a little clicker here that when I, when I mess up, I'll click cause it'll spike. Oh, okay. So I know where there's an error on something that I do. There'll be, um, 20 or 30 of these clicks a lot of people think i just read it straight out but i don't it's it takes a lot of editing and revisions and but with hers there might be two or three and so here's the point she sent me this other story and i just i just busted it out and then when i got to the end of it i thought this doesn't make sense i'll put the story (laughs) up if that's what she wants but there was no you know there was no there's no creature my my channel is kind of a creature channel and podcast, and we do uh, stories that people send us, and we also do fiction, and because it's fun. And uh, so I called her, and she goes, "Oh my gosh, that's not the file I'm interested in." I said, "Well, I just recorded it. So I actually had to record that story twice, and the second version was twice as long. So I recorded it in like about an hour. I think it's an hour and fifteen minute. No." Yeah, the video is about an hour and 13 minutes long. Yeah. So. I did it all in one shot because it's just <laughs> the way she writes is so easy for me to read out loud. So anyway, I, I'm sorry. I just had to. I just she, That story, I think she had written the base premise of that story for maybe one of her novels or something else. But, <laughs> and then she and then she reworked it. But now this. Part two or the sequel to it is it's all brand new stuff in it, Neoma. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now in my defense, <laughs> I had started the story and I wrote it 
And I had gotten to a certain point. My husband, I, I work in this little corner of the bedroom. Yeah, Kelly, you're right. I don't have enough books. But I'm sitting here in my corner of the bedroom. My husband walks in and he says, um, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, Cam gave me this kind of an assignment and I'm writing this story and I want to know what you think. And I read to him what I wrote for you, that first part that you got. And I was like, tell me what you think. And I get nothing. I mean, like my husband's not going to tell me if it's bad, but he's not going to tell me it's good if it's not. And he's staring at me. And I'm like, it's that boring. He says, he says, what is that about? <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and close this up and start a whole new file and start over from scratch. But when it came time to send it, I sent the first one to Cam, the one that my husband looked at me like I was a lunatic for having written. It's boring. It's all about, you know, being depressed over her. Um, grandfather dying and it's just you know her boyfriend's a jerk and there's nothing to and and I thought oh dear lord I am so glad he called me and said are you sure you want <laughs> that's what had gone out on the air I would have been like take it down take it down now <laughs> so yeah it was silly me I sent the wrong file <laughs> now uh, Cameron you said you did all of that in one take now, I'm assuming part two you're going to do in one take, so you haven't had a chance to read part two yet. Uh, I've skimmed through it, and it's uh, it's about 8,000 more words. And we haven't, I haven't announced this or anything. I'm trying to catch up. I've been sick for like three weeks, and I haven't been. Plus, I've been working, you know, my regular job. And I didn't put up a podcast for about two and a half weeks. And uh, so it's going to take me a while to get to it. But I'll probably get to it early next week and just put it out there. But. Neoma is such a good writer. She's got a wonderful imagination and she has this, I don't, it's hard to describe how she kind of sucks you into a story. It's like, I think that describes it perfect. Well, I mean, a lot of people will send you stuff and you'll read it and, and a lot of it's really good, but there's, there's a really good talent. Uh, and I use this quote all the time, Margaret Atwood, the, you know, the world renowned author said, if you want me to read your book, hold my attention, hold my attention. And that's what she's able to do with her writing. And so it's not just covered up with a bunch of fluff and minutia and needless details. It's just good. You know, the story moves. That's what I'm, that, I think that's what I'm trying to say. It just keeps moving, just keeps moving. So, yeah. Yeah. She has just an amazing gift for not only writing, but the storytelling as well. Naoma was our, every year, Cam, uh, my organization, we do a, call it the uh, the Squatch Out, and uh, we have uh, guest speakers that come. And Naoma kicked it off this past year and was our storyteller. She did like a campfire storytelling session two hours before uh, the, the first night of it, and she just absolutely killed it. I heard it about was, that. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Yeah, it was an awesome, awesome time. And I hope that you'll come back to the next one. Absolutely. So enough about me. I want to talk Steve Lilly. Yeah. Uh, well. Cameron, that was going to be my next question. You, you laid out the premise of your channel just a, a little bit. You, you share encounters that, that folks send in. And you've also been doing some fiction. And I've got turned on to Mr. Steve Lilly, and I'm not ashamed to tell you that uh, I have a new man crush. I don't care if he's, <laughs> but I, I got a little thing for Steve Lilly. <laughs> um, man, where did you come up with that? 
the channel didn't start out that way. The channel started out going on five years is, uh, I wrote stories. I recounted stories on paper that people had told to me. That was like the first five or six podcasts I did. I didn't think anybody would be interested in it, but I was having fun doing it. So I just kept doing it. And then people seemed to like it and, uh, the audience grew a little bit. And so I ran out of stories and I was, so I thought, I don't, I don't have time to write all these. You know, I had not looked past the first five or six podcasts. And so, so I asked the audience, I said, Hey, if you've had some kind of weird thing happen, you know, when we kind of limited it to Bigfoot emails started coming in like 10 or 12 a day. And I thought, then I started panicking, thinking, how am I going to get to all these? And, uh, so then it kind of switched to that and it was solely Bigfoot. And then all the Bigfoot crazies pissed me off. And so, namely because of Matt Moneymaker, they all, I don't know Matt Moneymaker. I've talked to him twice in my life, and I still don't have a judgment on him. But they hammered me so bad. These really orthodox Bigfoot people, that's who I'm talking about. A lot of people will say, well, don't you don't need to say that stuff about your audience. My audience today is not those people. They've all left because they... They're so hacked off that I had Matt Moneymaker on. They're so immature. And so that made me so mad and so angry that I thought, I'm not doing 100% Bigfoot anymore. So now we do Bigfoot and we do other things. A podcast that I released, I think one's going to release here in about six minutes. I've got it scheduled in one yesterday. They've all, all the podcasts have at least one or two paranormal type ghosts or you know, uh, yeah, UFO kind of stuff or, or real interesting stories. And so I'm so long winded. So just stop me whenever you need to. But at some point, a couple of years ago, I kind of got bored with, uh, you know, the Bigfoot stories. They're great. They're all exciting, but they're all, you can find a common thread in all of them. And some people will say, oh, well, that's great. They all have a common thread. So they must be true. And all this stuff. And they may be, they, every one of them may be true, but when you are in my shoes and you're doing one after another, after another four or five of these stories, three times a week, it begins to run together and it, and it almost feels like you're reading a lot of the same stuff. Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So one, it was interesting to me to go to other topics, which I mainly did that for me. Mainly. Secondarily, because the Bigfoot Orthodox and Bigfoot people really hacked me off. And uh, so I got a little bored and I thought, I'm just going to write something that's lighthearted. Something that's fun, and and so I just uh, I just sat down one day, and the first Steve Lilly I wrote it, I think in about a day, maybe six hours. I just started typing, and and I thought, well, that's pretty good. So I recorded that, and I put it up, and I didn't think anything about it. Matter of fact, I didn't even put it on Dixie Cryptid. I put it on uh, another podcast that I have started that is now the Steve Lilly podcast. But and people really. I was getting unbelievable feedback. You can't go by the comments because, you know, if, uh, if 10,000 people watch this podcast right here, there's going to be maybe 30 or 40 who are going to comment on it. So you're not getting really, but you're getting a pretty good sample of the way people like it. Everything that I saw in the comment section, plus in emails coming to me, were telling me that there were, 90% of the people really like that. So a month later, I wrote another one and I've got 12 written. I've got 10. Anyway, it's a long story. They were kind of mishmashed. And I was uh, the first batch of Steve Lilly's. I did the first five in one giant long three hour podcast just so that people on Dixie could read, could listen to them. They were all singularly on the other podcast, one episode at a time with other stories and i thought well people enjoy this so much i'm just going to make it its own thing so it's just kind of evolved and it evolved into its own podcast now i haven't released the steve Lilly in probably four months but um i just haven't had time to write i haven't had time to record and but i'm i'm gonna be finishing up uh three steve Lilies that i had started hopefully over the coming week and the next you know, the following week I'll put three or four more up. And so it's just a lot of fun. And he's a guy, he's kind of a composite of a guy of about 20 guys that I know. And when people ask me about, how did you come up with that character? And I'll just say, you know, guys like that, they'll go, yeah, I do. I do know guys like that. So you take this little eccentricity, this one fellow has, you take this other little weird quirk this other guy has, and you take this other uh, kind of funny way of speaking this guy has, and you just put them all together, and you come up with a character, and that's how that's how I got him. And then his sidekicks are they are specific guys I've known through the years and, are, and still are friends with, and I call these guys and I and I tell them, you know, this character is you, don't you? And they're like, hey, yeah, I know. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Naomi and I were talking a little bit about it last night or the night before, and she had made the comment that it, it, it's so cool. It, it needs to be a, like a Netflix series. 
And I could do that. Is is that something that that you My. you would entertain that? <laughs> I was oh, just yeah. gonna ask if you have wrote these in screenplay. I don't I need to I don't know how to write a screenplay. I barely it's know so how easy. to I barely know how to spell my own name, but it's uh You know my husband knows how to write screenplays. Well, and then I don't know what to do with it. Do you get an agent? Do you get well, a, you know, what do you what do you do? I, you I don't know. It. Cam, I happen to know a producer in in television and movies pretty well you you shop it and you shop it and you shop it around and see if anybody takes any bites on it and it's a long everybody thinks like it happens like not like you write this amazing screenplay and everybody's interested in it it takes at, at least three years to develop a screenplay into yeah. a film i'm sure lisa would be happy to talk to yeah you. i would talk love to talk to you about it pointed in the right direction but in in all seriousness guys is as popular as the bigfoot subject is you know the last decade it it has exploded we all know that we see all these bigfoot reality tv shows come and go you know finding bigfoot expedition bigfoot all this stuff i can't remember ever seeing a fictional bigfoot series and i think it would do well I think it would do really, really well if one was done right. And from what I've heard, Cameron, what you're doing with Steve Lilly, it's awesome. It's entertaining as hell. Maybe just one film, you know, would be good. I have, there's a whole storyline. I've got half of a novel written and I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's some depth to this guy. So yeah, the thing is, I don't know what to do with it, but just keep writing it, putting it out on a podcast. And if so, if it catches someone's eye or ear, then all my email addresses are attached to all my podcasts. They can email me and that's all I know to do, but I don't know. I, you know. I, I think what you said, Wayne, about like a, the Bigfoot shows and the movies and stuff, they, it, it's so weird. Like Hollywood, like they get hooked on one thing, you know, it's like Annabelle and the conjuring and it, it, it's cyclical like that, you know? They they want one thing and then they just saturate it and and you're right we've not had a good creature film in a really really long time. April, my wife and I talk about that about once every three months, and she's like, "Who would play Steve Lillian? Who who would be Lewis? And who would be Hook? And there's a new character that's going to be introduced in the next episode, and he is his he's a really funny guy, but he's he's really tough and. Um, but she, she's, I'm like, you know, I'm not really that worried about who would play Steve Lilly. What I care about are the CGI artists to make sure they make them as big and bad and mean as they possibly can. Because there was one film that came out that, that I, I don't watch Bigfoot stuff very much. Um, I've watched a couple of Bobcat Goldweights, Bigfoot, Willow Willow Creek. Creek. it was really good. It was yeah. good, but it was kind of along the lines of the Blair Witch type, you know, filming and but it was good and you never see the creature. If they do, you know, of course once you sign the rights over you lose all creative yep. input in it anyway, but I wish that they would. Anyway, there was this film that Sam Elliott was in called The Man Who Killed Hitler and then he killed Bigfoot or I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. title. But I was so excited about that. I thought, okay, Sam Elliott, this is guy, this guy's a big, he's big. He's a huge draw, and they're going to do a good Bigfoot. 
they're going to mm. do is, you know, some mean looking Bigfoot. It was the scrawniest, emaciated looking Bigfoot I've ever seen. Now, granted, <laughs> that Bigfoot was sick, but I don't think he was, he had some kind of a virus or something. And that's why they were going to kill him. But, um, it was just a pathetic looking Bigfoot. So yeah, that's the only input I'd like to have is let's make these Bigfoots really mean and nasty looking. And that costs money, you know, and yeah. that's, that's the bottom line with any film is, you know, how much is it going to cost? What can we do it for? And that you get into that CGI and even costumes. Like that's why I always laugh about people talk about the Patty film and they're like, Oh, it's a person in a costume and blah, 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 blah. That mm-hmm. could, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole right now, but I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> Let's hear it. Well, I mean, back then, they, they couldn't have made a costume like that with the funds that, that those guys had. Yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, just costumes now are outrageous. That's one of the biggest parts of your budget is the costume department. Right. And um, just a little interjection on my part. At that point, the most uh, believable costumes in Hollywood at that time were used in Planet of the Apes. Yeah. And they weren't as good no. as what that video shows. And that was the best Hollywood could do at that point in time. Exactly. Yeah, they exactly. Were, they were pretty good. You took mm-hmm. it from me now. I've said it so many times. It was either the year before or the year after the Patty film, Planet of the Apes, won the Academy Award for Best Costume. For Best Costumes. Yeah. That's yeah. the best that Hollywood. And they were doing like... Well, and just the muscle movement and and like I said, I could go down a whole rabbit hole on, on that costume. Well, Cameron, you, you flirted with a little bit. Who would you, who would be your pick to play Steve Lilly? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I thought, uh, I mean that I have an image in my mind, what he looks like, but, uh, probably the closest would be Matthew McConaughey. Or Woody Harrelson. You know, Woody Harrelson was great in those zombie movies that I can't remember the titles of them. But so Steve Lilly is this real unassuming guy who just takes life one step at a time. You know, he's not really, he's just dealing with what comes at him hour by hour and not just in his Bigfoot bounty hunting, but just in his life. And uh, Matthew McConaughey is a He's an exquisite actor, if you ask me. He's really good. He can get into those characters. But, you know, I don't really care who it is. But uh, Steve Lilly's not a big guy. He's not a big muscular, you know, Schwarzenegger type actor and uh, or, or a, a character. And uh, now his buddies are, Lewis and Hook are both these enormous guys. But, yeah, I think I think my favorite would be Probably Matthew McConaughey. I think if I if they said you pick the actor, that's who I'd say. Now yeah. whether he'd take the role or not, probably not. But anyway, Woody Harrelson. I mean, you hit it right on the head right there. I think he would do an amazing job. Yeah. I'm sorry. I see Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that's another possibility. He would be great, but he just doesn't have the accent. Yeah. And and the thing that Southern accents they're really hard to fake. You know when. People who don't have it try to do a Southern accent in, a, in an acting role. They just, people who live down here were like, no, nah, that's not the way we talk, you know? So Josh anyway. Lucas would be really bad. Yeah, Josh Lucas, he was in Sweet Home Alabama. Okay. He plays the he younger, is. he plays the younger John Dutton on Yellowstone in that series. 
He's a good narrator too. Yeah, he's a he's, really good narrator. All the I think Home Depot commercials, he does the voiceovers. Now, uh, Cam, speaking of narrating, you you've got your hand in a little bit of that too. I've, I've heard you on some of Da Robert stuff. Is that something you enjoy doing? Love it. I love doing audio books, but they take a lot of time. So I have to have a like one of Da's books. His books are seventy to eighty thousand words. That's a full seven days of recording and. You know, seven to 10 days of recording and editing. And uh, I love doing them. It's peaceful for me. I just kind of shut everything down and I just get into the book. And I'm not good at it. I'm not a voice actor. Um, I was telling Neoma this not too long ago. I'm not really a narrator. I'm just a fairly average reader. I can read out loud. I couldn't at first because you can listen to some of my first podcast. You think, man, this guy's like a moron. But I've kind of developed a, yeah, you do thousands of them and you just you naturally kind of get better at it. But so I don't do voices very well. I do a few. My favorite are doing old Southern women. Like I love it when there's a character in a book that's an old Southern woman. Jack LaFountain's books have a couple in his books and I get to do those accents. And, and then when there's a lot of dudes in the book, you know, male characters, I just, I can't. I can't do that many voices. I just can't do that many. You know who can is Will Patton. He can do tons of voices. And I've been listening to uh, Mark Greeny's books on Audible, the uh, the Gray Man series. I think he's got 11 out now. I can't remember the name of the narrator, but he is superb. He is awesome. He does all kind of, he does like foreign accents and stuff. I love listening to him. But I just can't do it. So, yeah, I do a few audio books, and I may have just done my last Audible audio book. Now, is that something that you do at your home, camera? Do you have to go to a studio? Or I guess you're. No, I do it right here on this microphone. Yeah, this microphone right here. I was wondering how how that works. Now, do you just do it for people you know, or or can other people reach out to you, or do you just do it like a favor for people that you like, or how is that done? Um, <laughs> tea time with Tiffany, do the Southern woman. I'd love to hear it. Me too. Oh, I, mean, I need something to read. Uh, I, I don't know why I can't think of anything to say. Like there's this old woman, uh, and it's usually just a small part in a book. And like, uh, Ed Landry is the main protagonist in Jack LaFountain's Ed Landry novels. And, uh, he, invariably every single book they have to go interview some old woman that saw this dog man why chef i did see that big thing walking out in my front yard and he walked right out through the woods you know you just kind of get the you just because i've heard so many of them say things that way and i mean wow. i've got neighbors right here who talk like that i just it's like their accents and the way they talk and the slowness of the way they talk is just music in my ears i love I love to hear a Southern accent. Mostly men will butcher, you know, and I'll be honest with you. A lot of guys, the Southern guys, they try to really, what's the word? It's like, they'll really bring that accent out when they're around people who don't have one. Accentuate it. Yeah. Or when they're around a bunch of other dudes, they, they just start, they gotta be tough. You know, there's just one. But a woman, that accent is authentic. What you're hearing is exactly the way she talks every time. 
women are that way. They're just going to talk the way they talk. And uh, so it's just music to me. And I listen for things like that. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> you ever listen to like, I, I know I try to catch this a lot with like working with actors and stuff. Like I can tell if somebody's from Alabama, if they're from Texas, if they're from Georgia, if they're Tennessee, if they're from North Carolina, if they're from South Carolina, you just hear those little nuances in their in their voices. Where do you live, Lisa? I live in Arkansas. Okay, well, I lived in Arkansas for 15 years up around Jonesboro. Mm-hmm. I don't know what part of the state you live in, but... Um, but Northwest in, Arkansas. Yeah, okay, up around Fayetteville. And, no, I live in Dardanelle, Arkansas. Okay. True grit country. Yes. But here, <laughs> like for instance, here in Mississippi, I live... 60, 70 miles from the Delta. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of up in what they call the hill country, mm-hmm. which is like just little, little bumps, you know, but it's not flat as a pancake like the Delta is. And someone from the Delta, as opposed to here, I can tell where they're from. I, I can hear them talk North Alabama, South Alabama, mm-hmm. North Carolina, people in North Carolina have a very distinct accent. Yes. South Carolinians do East Tennesseans. It's very yes. unique. And I'm East Tennessee right here. Yeah. So, and they use a lot of different words than, yes. Uh, like words I've never heard. And people not from a Southern, not raised in this culture, you know, really in general, the culture's about the same. It's we're all about the same. We just have a little different dialect and accent. But uh, I think mine is a Memphis accent. I was born and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. And so, uh, and it's probably a little drawn out now that I'm in, I was in Arkansas for a long time. Now I've been in Mississippi for 10 or 12 years. So you pick up where you are. You pick up accents where you are. Like my son got out of the Marine Corps about eight years ago. He was from, you know, he was raised in Northeast Arkansas, so he had that accent. Well, now he worked here in Mississippi for the last several years, and I can hear it. I can hear his accent changing to a Mississippi accent because whoever you're around, you just start talking like they yeah. do. And that's, uh, yeah. Do I still sound like I'm from the Midwest? Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I work hard not to get that Southern accent. I, I want my Midwest accent. <laughs> However, if I'm you, actually when, you go back home, when you go back home, I bet they, they say, oh, you're picking up the accent down there, don't they? Well, there's certain things that um, I've, I've lost the ability to say in, in Yankee. Um, I can't say Tennessee, tennis, Tennessee, tennis. Tennessee. I can't say it in Yankee. It always comes out hillbilly or Southern. It's all, you know. How do you say Tennessee any other way than Tennessee? Yeah. Well, you don't say E at the end. It's E. (laughs) It's Tennessee. But in the South, it's more lyrical. Tennessee. Tennessee. I can't can't say it Yankee anymore. But it's the only word that I've noticed. And I picked that up from my husband. Who is also a Yankee, and uh, but I'm a Yankabilly, which is to mean I was I like raised that. in the North. I, I was raised in the North. I I grew up in the heart of the Midwest, but my parents were transplants from Arkansas, so I was raised by uh, in the Southern culture, 
with a Northern accent. Therefore, I'm a Yankabilly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Now, my parents would get really mad if they even called them a hillbilly because they were all bottomlanders. They didn't. They weren't hillbillies. They they found that insulting. But I call them hillbillies. Where were they from? Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, my dad was born in Newport. You know where that's okay. at? No, yeah. exactly where that's at. And my mom was born in a little town called Saffle, which isn't too far from there. And she was raised in um, Caraway. Okay. Know exactly where that's at. Yeah. So they were all in the East Bottoms. And uh, they don't like being called, they never like being called hillbillies. Even though my grandparents, as I told you before the show started, were actually, in my lifetime, they all lived up in, you know, Flippin' and Cotter. And and that is um, hillbilly. I mean, yeah, that's, that's way up there. Yeah. And, uh, and this, so that's, I associated my dad's side of the family with that and my mom's side of the family with East Ar- Northeast Arkansas. Um, I gosh, I could just go on and on. I ask my mother-in-law all the time, how you spell yuns? Yuns because, or are yuns going? Yens. A friend of mine and I, we were driving through Arkansas. She had moved down there too. Her husband um, was an executive for uh, the chicken people down there, Tyson. Tyson. And um, they had moved down there to, so he could work out of the headquarters. And I'd gone down to visit and he'd surprised us with tickets to go see Toby Keith and Little Rock. We were driving out of Little Rock and we were going through uh, Conway. And there was a big billboard and I'm driving, I'm not paying attention. And she, and my friend Denise said, Jeet yet? I said, no, you hungry? And she looked at me and she said, what? I said, you just asked me if I ate yet. You know, I haven't. I've been with you all the whole time. Are you hungry? She said, no, I was reading that sign. It said J-E-E-T-Y-E-T. What does that mean? I'm I, still I up told there. you I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was like, holy cow. I was trying to figure out what it said. And you answered it. <laughs> so, well, that sign is still on I-40. Jeet yet. Yep. Jeet yet. All right. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit here. i'm sorry 
Oh, I, can I ask one real quick question of Cam that I have been wanting to know for months? Go ahead. I keep forgetting to ask him this in our private conversations, and it <laughs> occurred to me while you were interviewing him a little bit ago. I remember, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe it wasn't your podcast, but I remember your early shows having sound effects. Was that you? I've put a few, uh, maybe a half a dozen, I've put some sound effects in. I remember them scaring the snot out of me. Really? <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. I Jump remember, out of my skin. <laughs> I remember doing, trying to get a Bigfoot growl, and I was trying to think of what animal. Yeah. Uh Anyway, I was on this royalty site where you can download SFX files and stuff, and they have all kind of monster clips and stuff. And that was an alligator rumble, you know, an alligator yeah. rumble. And so, and then there was a couple other roars and things like that. I don't remember, but I remember that alligator sounds pretty good. Yeah, I don't do that anymore. I probably should, but. Um, they scared the snot out of me. I remember that. Really? Yeah. You know, a lot of podcasts, real popular podcasts, they, it's fictional podcasts, they have all kind of sound effects. People, you know, footsteps on the floor and car doors opening and rain and gunshots and traffic and pedestrian traffic, everything. And man, that must be, if I had to do that for podcasts, it would take me two weeks to do one. I mean, it just takes forever to do them. I added X to one. Um, in fact, Kelly is in the chat right now. It was her story um, where there was a, oh, I think it was a clock or something. And, or No, it was a bell ringing. And I thought it turned out really well, but it wasn't something that I was really interested in because it takes me forever to do mine to begin with. But I do remember, I, I'm so glad because I've I've tried to go back and find them, but I can't figure out maybe I'll i'm not try, i'll try to remember which ones i'll send you a link but they're right. horrible they're horrible. <laughs> That's the worst i am curious cam uh how long have you been doing dixie cryptid how many years now? Uh, i think i started and created the channel in september of 2018 and then i put my first video video up in like october or november this september october will be five years That's hell of a growth in five years that's awesome man congratulations well it's actually pretty slow now um well i'm wondering in the five almost five years that you've been doing this has have you seen anything has anything happened to you that's almost pushed you to walk away no 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 even with all the negativity from the the bigfoot world Oh no, man! Those people are nuts. I'm not quitting this because <laughs> I'm not quitting this because they're because they're silly and goofy. And you know, I enjoy this so much, and I don't. I have never been able to put my finger on why. But it, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that people enjoy listening to the podcast. To me, it has never made sense. And Neoma and I have this running argument about. You know, she'll say, oh, that was great. And I'm like, well, that was pretty good, but it doesn't rate like 50,000 people listening to it. just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me because I'm just a redneck. I mean, I'm just an average dude from Memphis, you know, and I've lived around quite a bit and, um, I've lived in Kentucky and Tennessee and Mississippi and Arkansas and 
but um, I'm just an average guy, you know. Uh, April, my wife asked me, she goes, what? Um, she was asking me something about the podcast, and I said, this was a couple of years ago. I said, you know what I like? One of the things I like about it the most is I can just sit here and talk like when I'm recording and no one interrupts me. It, you know, you've probably been at a dinner table or weighing around a bunch of dudes or whatever. You can never, if you want to share a story or, you know, people want to contribute to conversations. Yeah. It's very rare that you don't get cut off or one-upped. You know what one-upped is? You know, somebody's oh, wants yeah. to one-up you. And, uh, well, hell, if you think that's something. Those guys, you think that's something, but uh, I get to sit here. Nobody interrupts me. Nobody says a word. I get to say whatever I want to say. And, um, for some unknown, crazy, weird reason, there's a small group of people who enjoy listening to, I don't think they like hearing me talk. I think they just like to hear the stories and that's really what I want. I've always tried not, you know. YouTube and social media and Instagram and Facebook and which is a whole nother topic we can talk about, but people who are quote, uh, and I'm not sure what the clear definition of an influencer is, but everything is about them. It's like the camera's always on them. The, you know, everything's about them, what I'm doing. And, you know, this is my, this is my cool car and this is my motors. That's where I live. And you know, and, and if they don't say it specifically, they're showing it in the background. They're trying, you know, they're just making everything about them. I never wanted to be, uh, you know, pre premier on the channel and at least my face. And I knew I would need to show my face at some point because I wanted to get to know some of the really super nice people that, uh, watch the channel or listen to the podcast. But, and I, matter of fact, in my podcast now, I used to, after every story, I would give like a little two minute commentary on what I thought about the story and all this. I've pretty much quit doing that because that makes it about me. I start thinking about that. And I start thinking, you know, that that's just my opinion. That's not, you know, people might disagree with what I'm saying. Although a lot of people say they like hearing it, you know, the two podcasts I've uploaded uh, yesterday and one that just came out probably about 30 minutes ago. I do a little commentary on those because I just can't shut my mouth. But, um, yeah, I just, there's nothing that's really made the, the Bigfoot goofballs have never deterred me one bit because I'm not about Bigfoot. I could care less if Bigfoot exists or doesn't exist. I have no dog in that hunt. I don't care what you think about Bigfoot. I don't want you to care what I think about Bigfoot. I just want to tell stories. That's all I want to do is just tell stories. And how in the world could someone get angry at that? You either watch a TV show or you don't. You don't get mad at it. You don't get mad at the person producing or acting or directing a television series. For some reason, they get all pissed off at me because I do a story that some guy thinks Bigfoot is a, comes from outer space. People just go nuts over that stuff. And I'm like, good grief, man, get a life, you know, but yeah. yeah, So nothing's ever deterred me or discouraged me at all. Matter of fact, I get nothing but encouragement from people who follow the channel. 99.9% of the people are just the nicest people on the planet. And, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know how how you've done it, man. <laughs> Other than you know getting to speak to you for the first time, you you really seem genuine, and and it really comes off that all you care about is is sharing the story, and and yeah. maybe that's the the secret to your success that you you just put that out there. Well, success is one thing, and everything has a shelf life, and I realize that. And the growth of the channel, uh, it's actually started to pick back up. I don't look at it too often, maybe about once a week. I'll look at my stats and subscribership. People, you know, a lot of people just focus on subscribers and subscribers really. And we're just talking specifically about YouTube. Subscribers is one thing, but how many views are you getting? You know, people, people. Hitting the subscribe button is easy for people to do, and a lot of people do it. I'm subscribed to probably, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the list is really long because I'll, I'll see a video and I go, oh, I want to watch some more of that, and then I forget about it. But to get people to actually watch your video or listen to your podcast for just fifty percent of the time <laughs> is, if you can do that, you, you've accomplished something. So, yeah. As uh, Kelly here says, Cam and Naomi could read a phone directory and I would listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Kelly. I really oh, do. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, and that really, something you said earlier really resonates with me and gives me hope, uh, Cam, because you made the comment earlier that when you first started out reading, uh, you weren't that great at reading out loud. And I've been, I'm about 30 little episodes in on, on my channel. I'm, I'm doing this little Paranormal Odyssey shorts where I, I introduce urban legends and, and legends and topics and things that aren't that familiar with people. And if someone's interested in it, they can go and do their own research in it. I'm just introducing it to, to right. people. Yeah. And I found that that's the case with me. I, I don't, I, I can, I read just fine, but reading out loud is completely different. I have so much respect for people that can read out loud at such a high level like you and it. it yeah, anyway, the short of that, Cam, I was just saying that, that I was in the same boat that when you first started out, the, not reading as well out loud. So it gives me encouragement that you have mastered it the way you have over time. Yeah, just uh, one thing that I've learned just lately is uh, like if, I'm, if you're going to narrate something, just do it. If they're shorts, they're 60 seconds or less. Just read it out loud a couple of times without the mic on or anything and kind of get in the rhythm. Then just reach over and hit record and do it. But, and then, you know, that goes for reading a 80,000 word novel out loud. Just at each, you know, I usually do a chapter at a time. Just read the first two or three sentences and get your, just get it going. You know, it's just like get it moving and, uh, and then hit the record button, go back to the beginning and start over. And you'll be surprised at how, you know, another thing. I have a specific font. Do you read off of paper or off your screen, Wayne? Screen. So I have a favorite font, font size, line spacing that I found that my eyes seem to follow perfectly. So experiment with that a little bit and okay. you'll you'll really see a difference. If it's too small, you know, then yeah, you That's might, you might I feel like I'm having. A lot of times it is too small and they seem to run together and yeah, that, I'm gonna try that. That's great. Yeah. Make the. I mean, mine is a 14 size font. I like the Verdana font. I like the line spacing at 1.15, and uh, it's perfect for me. And then you know maybe half inch or one inch margins on each side of the page, and I can. I don't know. It's just like 
sometimes I'm reading it and I'm like, how do I know what they're going to say? It's like you just, you somehow your eyes become accustomed to looking ahead, but you don't even know it, but they are. And and maybe your mouth gets used to your, your vocal cords and all gets used to keeping up with exactly what your eyes seeing at that moment. And yeah, just practice. You're, you'll get good at it. You can't help but get, get better at it. Yeah, like I said, I, I've done almost right at 30 now, and I can tell a difference. That's I've had cool. actors before, like when we're doing their sides for like their scenes, that they want it printed in a certain font, like you said, or a certain, you know, size. And I, I get that. Everybody sees things differently. And the way it relates to your brain is different for everyone. So, you know, those are my preferences, but yours might be smaller. and. You know, I like the Georgia font. It's really good. And, uh, but I have to make it a little bigger, but the letters seem to be spaced out a little further. And so it makes it a little harder. And, uh, I try it every once in a while. Yeah. Just try different things. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll find it. Stay tuned for more Sasquatch Odyssey. We'll be right back after these messages. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details all right, guys, uh, we are over that hour mark, and I'm not going to keep you guys all night. I appreciate you taking the time to come and hang out. Everybody knows uh, where to find you guys, but I'll, I'll put it in the show notes as well. But I do want to thank you both for, for taking the time to come and hang out. It, it meant a lot. Does anybody have any, are you limited on time? No, I'm not. I'm I'm good. I'll stay if you, you want to stay another 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, you would. Lisa, you had mentioned questions. I don't know if anyone has questions or I'm not trying to drag this out. Don't get me wrong, but I've just, we've popped them up there. I think we've been, we've had more comments and than questions. Yeah. It's been more comments than questions. If anybody's got any questions, you know, fire them off. If the guys don't mind hanging out a couple more minutes. I'm Uh, here for the night. (laughs) Naomi, what what do you got coming up, ma'am? You got anything new that you're working on? Uh, well, I have an author who has asked me to read a chapter from one of his books, so I'm going to take a page from Cameron Buckner, and I'm going to read uh, a chapter of a book for an author. 
And I've been really liking your shorts, and I think I'm going to steal a couple of your um, legends and do a couple of shows on them. Not doing them as short videos, but I, as you know, that's my love is the the yeah. strange legends and and minor myths. Uh, which uh, go ahead and ask that question. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. I'm uh, this is Johnny Tucker. I had on the other night, Johnny. Which one are are you are asking? He's asking, have you had any personal Bigfoot experiences? I know, we know Naoma. She covered one, but Cam, have you? No, nothing. Nothing. No, I've never seen evidence. I've never seen. I've never heard anything. I've never, I mean, I've seen branches broken in the woods, but they're just branches broken in the woods. But I did see with uh, Sawdust Beast, that group that uh, Mark Noble and Larry Forge, they were at LBL a year or two ago, and they found some tracks. The water had come down, and they found some tracks that I wasn't there. I just saw it on video, and I thought, man, that is that is impressive right there. So. Cam, what scares you the most besides watermark? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think about what scares me. I guess, you know, if you take away family tragedies and things like that, if you just keep it lighter than that, um, nothing in the woods scares me. I walk around out here in the dark all the time. I'll go a mile back in the woods. I'll have a headlight on. If the moon's out, I won't take the headlight, but... Uh, so the dark doesn't scare me. Bigfoot does not scare me. Yeah, codmouse, they scare me. They scare me. Yeah. Especially when they drop down in your kayak and try to like hitch a ride with you when you're going down I a don't, creek. I don't care what kind of snake it is. It scares me. Uh, I don't want nothing to do with them. I had one right out here behind my office today. The dogs, I have two little dogs and they were barking. And what's weird is I can always tell when it's a snake, they have this specific bark and it's just constant. Rawr, rawr, rawr. And I knew exactly what it was. And uh, it was a big chicken snake. I call them chicken snakes. Mm -hmm. They get up in our chicken coops and eat eggs and chicks and everything. And uh, don't bother me too bad. I don't know really what scares me. No, I don't. I'll probably think of something when we're done. So none of the stuff that you've covered over the, the last five years gives, kind of creeps you out? No, I think the thing that it doesn't scare me because uh, I have like a, I don't want to get religious on you guys, but the, you know, we branched out into other stories and this, these ghosts and apparitions and stuff. I do a lot of quite a few stories on those, but I want to tell people those are probably not ghosts. You know, a lot of people subscribe to the notion that those are demons, demonic entities that are, they know that we believe in ghosts. And so they kind of come in that form and they're, they're there to taunt you, but it's not a loved one. You know, if you've, if you believe in scripture, then when someone's gone, they're gone. They're not connected to this world in any way. It's cut off. And, it, and from there on, it's, we have an idea of where they are, what they could be sleeping. Or some people say they go straight to be with the Lord. Some people say they go straight to hell, you know, which, whichever way you're going to go. But it's what scares me is people getting caught up in this. Uh, I don't know. It's like a, it's a mystic type experience for them. And I think for some people, if you go down that road too deep, it can get dangerous. You know, I have some, I've met some people who are creators like us in this. And I, and sometimes I get a little, uh, I don't know, maybe a little 
tinge of, oh, I don't ever say anything. I never say a word, but uh, I want to go, no, that's that's not what you're dealing with there. You're dealing with something worse than what you think it is. And it's not nice, you know. However, then you have people on the religious side who will say, all you need to say is be gone in Jesus' name. Well, you know, that's not a magic spell. Yeah. <laughs> and just saying, be gone in Jesus' name doesn't mean that bus is not going to run over you or that building's not going to fall on you or that a pack of dogs is not going to attack you, you know? So, I mean, I think that's a false sense of security. I don't think it's a bad thing to believe in. So you have extremes on both sides and those, I think those worry me the most for other people. And, but I'm not in a position to preach on that. Um, a matter of fact, this is probably the most I've ever talked about it. Some of these stories I read, I want to go, oh, that's not, you don't need to be afraid of that. You know, you say you're a believer. If you're a believer, nothing satanic, nothing, you know, from the uh, prince of darkness can touch you. You are untouchable. If you truly belong to Christ, nothing can touch you. So you're perfectly safe. But you're probably never even going to see anything like that. I think people watch these shows, the exorcist type shows, and they think, um, you know, like priests doing battle with, you know, if these, anyway, I, I'm probably just babbling on, but yeah, that, that kind of worries me for people. Yeah. I, I've said it times uh, on my show. Cause I interviewed people, you know, ghost hunters, you know, cryptid hunters and people that have experienced everything. The one thing that really scares me is about paranormal stuff and ghosts is, is that fear of something latching on. You know, yep. if there is a, a demonic entity in in yeah. place, it latching on and me taking it home, you know, to my kids. That's right. What. All right, guys, we're coming up on an hour and fifteen minutes, so uh, I think it's about good time to to get out of here. Uh, Cam, Naoma, thank you guys so very much for for taking the time to hang out. It it, it means a lot to me. I appreciate it, y'all. Thank y'all. I enjoyed it. Can we hang out backstage and talk for a minute afterwards? Yeah, that's fine. You guys just hang out and uh, we'll talk to you uh, here in just a minute. But thanks again, guys, for, for Thank hanging. Thank you. Thanks for having us. They say you don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.